I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. Must see the central narrative for the fiction that it is. We are Americans. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Wednesday, August 10th, 2022, the 567th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. To do that, you have to be a paid subscriber on the Substack. I'm your moderator.substack.com. You can do it for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month. You will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as I continue to try to make it better and better all the time. But if you can't afford to because times are tough or you don't want to, everything is released a day and a half later on Rumble and your podcast apps. But I have completed my next piece of writing. Patrick Gunnels is going to be reading it this evening on reading epic threads, and I will be releasing it if you want to read it because some people like to do the reading rather than the listening. It will be up and behind a paywall for at least a few days. So there's another thing you would have immediate access to. 
The new piece is called The Sides of History, and it builds on the last part of the Q series, a story about reality. I think it's pretty damn good. So let's get started. On Monday morning, we got the story about the toilet documents. We got the story about how Donald Trump supposedly told John Kelly, who was at the time his chief of staff, that he wanted his generals to be like Nazi generals, very loyal, you know, like the authoritarian dictator Donald Trump was while in office, even though basically no one who says that can point to any examples of him acting that way. And so instead they make them up. They'll say he's racist, which has nothing to do with being an authoritarian dictator, although authoritarian dictators might end up being racist. Joe Biden himself was, in fact, mentored by a Klansman for decades in politics. They'll say that he cheated to win the election. Of course, he didn't. But Joe Biden did. They'll say that he cast doubt on the election and tried to overturn the results of a free and fair election like authoritarian dictators do. Except then he walked away peacefully. And also, what do you expect a president to do when he knows an election has been stolen? And then, of course, they'll say that he staged the very violent insurrection, which he had nothing to do with and had prepared the National Guard, 10 to 20,000 troops to be in Washington, D.C. to protect the Capitol, to protect the city that day, knowing a lot of people would be coming. And Nancy Pelosi and Muriel Bowser decided that would be bad for optics. So it's hard to imagine Donald Trump trying to stage an insurrection where he also calls in the troops to prevent the insurrection. And of course, none of his supporters actually showed up with guns. They didn't kill anybody, certainly didn't kill any police officers, but police officers killed them. So that's how Donald Trump is an authoritarian dictator, the sort of guy who would want his generals to be like Nazis. So we have toilet documents, we have Nazi generals, and then we have Mark Milley's fake resignation letter. He penned a resignation letter in the summer of 2022 after Donald Trump walked over to St. John's and held up the Bible, Millie accompanied him over and then he put out an apology. I never should have done such a thing. And apparently he was really broken up about this, about walking with a duly elected president to stand in front of a church. This military man, this is not the sort of thing a military man should do, he said to himself. He was very concerned about things like white rage. I mean, this was happening during the very peaceful riots of 2020. And he was so broken up about the entire event that two years later, he decided to release a letter that he claims he wrote at the time and just never sent. If you write a letter and you don't send it, the letter is addressed to Dear Diary. He just wanted to get it out of his system. But here we go. I regret to inform you that I intend to resign as your chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Thank you for the honor of appointing me as senior ranking officer. The events of the last couple of weeks have caused me to do deep soul searching, and I can no longer faithfully support and execute your orders as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. It is my belief that you were doing great and irreparable harm to my country. Oh, my country. I believe that you have made a concerted effort over time to politicize the United States military. 
I thought that I could change that. I've come to the realization I cannot, and I need to step aside and let someone else try to do that. Second, you are using the military to create fear in the minds of the people, and we are trying to protect the American people. I cannot stand idly by and participate in that attack, verbally or otherwise, on the American people. The American people trust their military, and they trust us to protect them against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and our military will do just that. We will not turn our back on the American people. And hey, I don't know much, but I know Trump loves the American people. When has Trump ever said anything bad about the American people? Of course, Mark Milley is using the American people as a shield. That phrase is a shield to protect the people Trump is actually talking about. The people who are out there burning down cities, pretending to solve racism. And all of the influencers at home on Instagram posting their black squares. All the media outlets calling what happened in 2020 a very peaceful protest. Those people are not representative of the American people. They were specifically engaged in anti-American activity. And Trump was calling out the behavior. At no time did Trump ever try to stoke fear in the American people especially not with any threat regarding the military. Now, it may be true that the media tried to scare the American people by connecting Trump to the military and saying he intended to use the military somehow against the American people. You'll remember this was the exact same period when the New York Times editorial board took down an editorial from Senator Tom Cotton, where he was recommending that Donald Trump use the Insurrection Act. Donald Trump never did that. Or maybe it's more accurate to say if he did, no one knows it. But each step in that chain to reach the conclusion that Donald Trump was using the military to stoke fear in the American people relies on false premises. None of it is true. The whole thing can't possibly be true because each of the component parts breaks down on their own. The story was wholly concocted by the media and by global communists like Mark Milley, for example. But back to his weepy letter. Third, I swore an oath to the Constitution of the United States and embodied within that Constitution is the idea that says that all men and women are created equal. All men and women are created equal no matter who you are. Whether you are white or black, Asian, Indian, no matter the color of your skin, no matter if you're gay, straight or something in between. It doesn't matter if you're Catholic, Protestant, Muslim, Jew or choose not to believe. None of that matters. Mark Milley sounds like a woke Dr. Seuss. And remember that Dr. Seuss is not woke and they tried to cancel Dr. Seuss. Do you remember when they tried to cancel Dr. Seuss? If you don't look it up, I'm not lying. They definitely tried to do that. It doesn't matter what country you came from, what your last name is. What matters is we're Americans. We're all Americans that under these colors of red, white and blue, the colors that my parents fought for in World War II means something around the world. It's obvious to me that you don't think of those colors the same way I do. It's obvious to me that you don't hold those values dear and the cause that I serve. Okay, well, now that is just terrible writing. 
And lastly, it is my deeply held belief that you're ruining the international order and causing significant damage to our country overseas that was fought for so hard by the greatest generation that they instituted in 1945. Uh, I mean, it's just such bad writing. This is just almost incomprehensible English here. So I think he's saying that Donald Trump is ruining the international order that was installed in 1945. And you have to wonder why Mark Milley is prioritizing the international order. Isn't he supposed to be serving the United States of America? You can't just simply say that your duty to America requires your support of that international order. That doesn't align at all, because if that international order begins operating in a way that doesn't serve the best interests of America and you choose the international order above the interests of America, well, you're not serving America. You're not living up to your oath. You're not protecting the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. You're not protecting the Constitution at all. The international order, if it supersedes America's interests, is a direct attack on the Constitution that is meant to preserve America's interests above all others. Between 1914 and 1945, 150 million people were slaughtered in the conduct of war. They were slaughtered because of tyrannies and dictatorships. That generation, like every generation, has fought against that, has fought against fascism, has fought against Nazism, has fought against extremism. It's now obvious to me that you don't understand that world order. You don't understand what the war was all about. In fact, you subscribe to many of the principles that we fought against, and I cannot be party to that. It is with deep regret that I hereby submit my letter of resignation. So that's Mark Milley. But he never submitted that letter. Why not? As chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, you see this ultra MAGA threat to the United States of America, and you decide to just pen your little letter of resignation into your diary and then just put it back in your drawer and lock it so mom can't find it? Why didn't he resign and publish the letter then? That's what a principled man would do. But no, Mark Milley thought that he would stay and just try to subvert Donald Trump over and over and over again. You'll remember in January 2021, Mark Milley says and brags about the fact that he was in communication with his Chinese counterparts, making sure that he would not allow Donald Trump to do anything. But in doing that, he's also usurping civilian control over the military, which is absolutely not in any way upholding his oath to the Constitution. And it's also worth remembering that that very international order that seeks to impose its will on the countries and the citizens of the entire world right now, as we speak, we can see it in motion. The United Nations, the World Economic Forum, the WHO, the WTO, the European Union, NATO, all of these international organizations are aligned in an attempt to reset all of society and take control over each and every citizen. 
limiting their decisions to only what the state allows. Sometimes I wonder if these communists really do believe that the other side is doing all these things they always list when it's so obvious that they're the ones doing it. But anyway, Monday morning, we have toilet documents, we have Trump likes Nazi generals, and we have Trump is threatening the international order based on his racism and homophobia and the fact that he doesn't understand how America works. And that gets all the commies in a tizzy for the whole day. And then in the evening, the news finally reports that the FBI has raided Mar-a-Lago. The raid began at 9 a.m., but the news tells us at 6 p.m. How does that happen? And how does it happen that stories meant to gin up anger and paranoia amongst the child brains all time out perfectly so that they will support an unbelievable violation of everything the legal system is set up to protect in terms of the rights of citizens, a weaponization of the justice system. But the child brains can't resist. Anytime they get to call Trump or his supporters Nazis, they get to deny all of the atrocities that they are supporting on a daily basis, and they'll jump at the chance. Once Trump is taken down once and for all and his supporters all go away, they can erect their utopia that they've always dreamed about. You see, we're the ones holding them back. And so it's okay if, you know, we break a few laws to make sure that these people can never upset us again. That mood was created for a reason. It was created to support the action that was on its way. Yesterday, they spent the day talking about how this might create a violent reaction from Trump supporters. They're trying to gin up stories about violence outside of Mar-a-Lago because Trump supporters have gone there and they're, you know, waving flags and waving signs and chatting about the injustices occurring in our country. And the news wants to make it seem like these people are just on the edge of inciting a civil war. Reporters in the White House press briefing room yesterday were asking Corinne Jean-Pierre about the prospects of civil war. All of this is madness. No one on the MAGA side anywhere is talking about violence. We're pointing out these obvious violations of our law and order, obvious violations of constitutional rights. And beyond that, we are watching with glee as all of this falls apart and boomerangs into their faces. We are laughing at these people. They're incompetent. They're doing it all in public and they are turning the vast, vast majority of the American people against them. Why would we want to stop that? Why would we want to start a civil war? The civil war is what we're all trying to avoid. We want to be able to retake the country and restore the constitutional order without civil war. And the way to do that is by waking people up so they come on to our side. So the power of the other side diminishes until it's nothing. So all of their criminality and corruption and evil and immorality is on display for everyone to see. 
That's how problems get solved. We don't want to solve these problems through a civil war. That's the last thing we want. And by the way, anybody who would make the argument that we somehow missed our opportunity to defend ourselves in that way is crazy. Those people want civil war. They want something to happen so they can feel better about themselves. Those people are absolutely nuts. Okay. Patriotic Americans still hold hundreds of millions of guns. We should pray that nothing ever reaches that point. That is the worst of all possible worlds. Or I should say the second worst. The worst is these people actually winning. If it ever came to that point, Civil war is a better option than them winning and ending human liberty forever. I will grant you that. But that's not what's called for yet. And that option will still be on the table until Americans don't have hundreds of millions of guns. And that day ain't coming. That's why we have the hundreds of millions of guns. So it never has to get to that point. This is the narrative we're being brought this week. Trump is evil. He likes Nazi generals. He tries to destroy the evidence of his criminality and corruption by flushing it down the toilet. And oh, did he get caught? He doesn't understand the American order. He doesn't understand the international order. And because all of his followers are so stupid, there's a threat that they'll immediately resort to violence if anyone threatens their cult leader. And the child brains all believe all of it. All of it. They love this stuff. They revel in it. They would listen to Joy Reid talk about all of this for 24 hours a day and then drink her bathwater when she's done. These people have serious, serious mental problems. And one would think that at some point they would realize it and begin stepping away from the television. But they can't do that because the television is all they're holding on to. The television is becoming the only place the false reality exists. They go out in the normal world and people think they're utterly insane. So they go back to the television and tell themselves, no, no, I've got it right. Joy Reid has never steered me wrong. But Trump is very, very evil. That's not the whole narrative, though. We're also getting talk about Trump announcing his run for 2024. I personally think that's totally unnecessary. The solution is always to fix 2020. Donald Trump already won the election. Now, if the election gets decertified and we need to hold a new election, I'm game for that. MAGA will absolutely crush the Democrat Party forever in that scenario. If we have legitimate elections, bring it on or the election should be overturned and Donald Trump should be recognized as the president of the United States of America. You'll remember he never conceded every little bit of Joe Biden's presidency. His fake presidency is based on fraud. Joe Biden is not a legitimate president and nothing about the way he entered office suggests otherwise. Nothing about the way he's comported himself in office suggests otherwise. Nothing about his control of the military suggests otherwise. And the fact that the White House is saying Joe Biden didn't know about this raid also suggests otherwise. Going and trying to arrest a political opponent is something that cannot and should not be done in our country, except 
in the case of overwhelming evidence that the public is aware of. They won't even come out and say we have overwhelming evidence to take these steps and there will be more information on that soon. They haven't said that. How does the Department of Justice go and try to raid the house of the quote unquote former president without telling the current president? That is a massive political earthquake, potentially. And you don't ask the president of the United States what else that might affect, how this might harm his administration. You just go ahead and do it because you're Merrick Garland. Give me a break. The whole thing is ridiculous. But we're told they're very worried about Trump announcing his candidacy. I don't think he will. And I don't want him to. There are advantages. Potentially, people have to make their positions on the Trump candidacy known as we head into the midterms. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's not. I think we're pretty clear on who's who at this point, but there's always more mysteries down the line. And the mainstream media immediately began wondering out loud whether or not this would ultimately help Trump. They started hedging their bets immediately. Well, who knows? Maybe this was improper. Maybe they're not going to find something. And they give a little bit of time to that before reminding everybody how very, very bad Trump is. It seems they are right in the midst of a major narrative effort to disqualify Trump in the minds of the American public, and it's backfiring in their faces. Today, they have moved on to a new tactic. This is from CNN. Former President Donald Trump invoked his Fifth Amendment rights and declined to answer questions from the New York Attorney General at a scheduled deposition Wednesday. Under the advice of my counsel and for all of the above reasons, I declined to answer the questions under the rights and privileges afforded to every citizen under the United States Constitution, Trump said in a statement. And I'll share that statement in full in just a minute. Trump was to be deposed by lawyers from New York Attorney General Letitia James's office as part of a more than three year civil investigation into whether the Trump organization misled lenders, insurers and tax authorities by providing them misleading financial statements. Trump said in a post on Truth Social earlier Wednesday morning that he would be seeing James for a continuation of the greatest witch hunt in U.S. history. My great company and myself are being attacked from all sides. And it's funny what CNN decided to leave out of that statement. It's a short one, so I'll take a little tangent and read that. The statement was from last night, and Donald Trump wrote, In New York City tonight, seeing racist New York State Attorney General tomorrow, for a continuation of the greatest witch hunt in U.S. history. My great company and myself are being attacked from all sides. Banana Republic. So CNN decided to leave out the part about Donald Trump calling her racist. Why would they do such a thing? They love when their side says the other side is racist. Why don't they just print it? Don't they want to have this conversation? Oh, they don't want to have the conversation about whether or not Letitia James is a racist. She can't be a racist. She's a strong black woman, and that makes her very good at her job and also precludes her from being racist. Trump was seen leaving Trump Tower in New York City on Wednesday morning, and his motorcade arrived at the New York Attorney General's office shortly after. Ah, his presidential motorcade? 
The scheduled deposition comes during an extraordinary legal week for the former president. On Monday, the FBI executed a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago, his primary residence in Florida, in connection with an investigation into the handling of classified documents, or so they continue to say. On Tuesday, a federal appeals court denied his long-running effort to block a House committee from obtaining his tax returns. Isn't that nice? Now they can look at his taxes. Will his taxes be just as clean as everything else? Of course they will. And now the president has been set to demand the full tax returns of anyone holding public office. If you can do it to a president you don't like, well, surely everyone else has to abide by the same rules, don't they? And as I mentioned yesterday, it's an awfully interesting coincidence that on Sunday, the illegitimate Senate passed a bill that gives the IRS $80 billion as well as 87,000 new agents. And speaking of those new agents, the IRS had a job listing on its website that it since has taken down. Here is the job listing. Major duties. Adhere to the highest standards of conduct, especially in maintaining honesty and integrity. Work a minimum of 50 hours per week, which may include irregular hours, and be on call 24-7, including holidays and weekends. Maintain a level of fitness necessary to effectively respond to life-threatening situations on the job. Carry a firearm and be willing to use deadly force if necessary. Be willing and able to participate in arrests, execution of search warrants, and other dangerous assignments. But don't worry, all that money and all those new agents, they're only there to make sure that the rich people pay their fair share. That's what we were told. And Richard Blumenthal, who lied about serving in Vietnam, he would never lie to us. Lindsey Graham was right next to him. He would never lie to us. We know Lindsey Graham is a man of great character and integrity. In fact, here he is showing all that off on Jesse Waters last night. And while you listen, it's mostly not Lindsey Graham talking. Listen to Lindsey Graham's voice as he reacts, saying, yeah, and uh-huh. Why they had to raid President Trump's home 90 days before an election. Yeah, you know, and I love having you on, Lindsay. You know, you and I have debated about things, and I've seen you pretty spitting mad over Ukraine. But I, you, you don't seem as mad as you were about this, than you've been <laughs> mad about Ukraine. I don't understand why people aren't lighting their hair on fire. I don't understand why people aren't well, out what? in the streets. Yeah. This isn't like, oh, well, you know, let's just see what's yeah. in the warrant. I mean, they've been doing this. This is yeah. the third election. This is the third election. We know they doctor evidence. We know they plant evidence. We know they hide evidence. We know they lie. We know they leak. I mean, this is not anything new. This has been this has been years they've been doing this. We can't just say, oh, you know, we're waiting for the guy to come out and and give a statement about what is predicated. I mean, what? These people are out of control, (laughs) Senator. This country is at like we're on the edge of a cliff, man. I'm telling you, this country is at the edge of a cliff here. Lindsey Graham, man of principle, man of integrity, man who would never lie about what the IRS is doing, even though they've been purchasing tons of guns and ammunition. And now they have job postings that they're taking down once people realize about hiring agents that need to carry firearms and be willing to use deadly force. 
Where are your words of comfort, Lindsay? Uh huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Jesse. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Very strong leadership from the GOP establishment. But back to CNN, the most trusted name in news. Some Trump advisors had advocated that the former president answer questions since he previously testified about his financial statements under oath, while others warned him against providing any answers because of the potential legal jeopardy he may face. People familiar with the matter tell CNN. The Manhattan district attorney has a separate ongoing criminal investigation into the Trump organization. Another consideration that had been discussed, the people familiar say, is the political implications of not answering questions, as Trump is widely expected to announce that he will run for president in 2024. While campaigning in 2016, Trump suggested not answering questions was a sign of guilt. At a campaign stop in Iowa in 2016, Trump said, if you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? In his statement Wednesday, Trump said, now I know the answer to that question and decried James's investigation. The former president and the Trump organization have previously denied any wrongdoing. And the article goes on. But what are they trying to accomplish here? They want the child brains to go out and assume that Donald Trump is guilty based on him taking the fifth in this case. That is absolutely a witch hunt. They have been going after Donald Trump for seven years, nonstop, seven years. They've made up all sorts of stories. They've faked all sorts of evidence. People like Adam Schiff have lied about their intelligence briefings to the American public. He made up a transcript of the phone call between Donald Trump and the comedic actor that sparked the Ukraine impeachment. Why would anyone do them any favors in their investigations? But nonetheless, the child brains will assume guilt. They will think Donald Trump is even worse than he was yesterday. Every day, Donald Trump gets one day worse in their minds. And the whole world actually gets one day worse in their minds because they are under constant psychic attack and they don't realize it. They have accepted that the only way to get them out of that mental state they are perpetually in is to destroy Donald Trump and all his supporters. That is the only solution. They might eventually call it the final solution. And those are the sorts of ideas you have when you are completely brainwashed and in a hate movement. Now, if you listen to this show and have for a while, you'll understand that I have certain mental maps of reality that I try to apply new information to, to see what works, to see what makes sense with the other things I know. Everything is just information among other information, okay? New information is a small piece of a giant puzzle that we're never going to fully complete, but we can still at least fill in enough spaces that we begin to get an idea of what's going on, knowing that we will never have access to full knowledge. Now, one of the things that I think about and have thought about for quite a while is that in this process of awakening, we need to return to all of the lessons we should have learned and that generations past have learned, but that we have either not learned or not learned well enough, or simply forgotten. We need to relearn all those things. The most important ideas passed down from generation to generation to generation have just gone away. 
We have lost the wisdom of our elders and our ancestors. We continue to exchange new information, replacing the old information. We believe that we're getting the latest research. We bias toward this idea of progress. We think that the only way to make things better is to constantly make them new. And in doing that, we erase the possibility for wisdom. We are only left with the best information we can find or the best experts. And once all wisdom is gone, we have only reaction. And no one has time to figure out an entirely new world every day. So we begin to turn only to authorities and eventually we end up doing whatever the authorities tell us, believing whatever the authorities say. Wisdom is gone. Our responsibility is gone. We're no longer able to draw meaning from events because we don't understand them. We accept the conclusion of the authoritative source and stop thinking. And at that point, it's impossible to exercise any sort of moral judgment. So I believe that we're being retaught these lessons that we didn't learn well enough or that we forgot. And one of the ways that that is taking shape, that that's manifesting in the world is that we are living through this biblical age of awakening and we are being retaught those traditional lessons that were passed down through the Bible. We are also being retaught all the lessons of the Constitution and why the Bill of Rights actually was important. So I want to spend a little time on that because what I believe we see happening in the world is that all of these rights are being violated right in front of our faces. And we are being shown these in very stark relief so that we understand these rights could be taken away from us too. This is the abyss, okay? This is what we have to avoid. And of course, I'm talking about in a constitutional, societal, practical sense regarding the Constitution, but the same thing applies in a spiritual sense when we're talking about the lessons passed down through the generations contained in those religious texts, contained in those religious traditions. But let's take a second and go through the Bill of Rights a little bit. Okay, First Amendment, we all know Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. You can see pretty clearly how all of that has been violated in the last two years. Big tech censorship, propaganda media, the government used COVID as an excuse to close churches the FBI harassed Project Veritas, and they allowed Black Lives Matter Antifa domestic terrorism for over a hundred straight days in 2020, and then called the demonstration at the Capitol a violent insurrection. Amendment number two, we basically don't even have to talk about this one. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. They threaten that right constantly. They do it proudly and loudly everywhere all the time. Huge movements to take away gun rights. And they do this while creating and arming new federal agencies that become their secret police force. 
We pretend it's not possible to have a Gestapo in America while we watch one in action. The Third Amendment. No soldier shall in time of peace be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. Now, this one, I don't know if I have an example for this one. I don't think I can think of anything. Apparently, they have not tried to threaten the Third Amendment yet. But if anyone listening has an example, send it my way. I am more than happy to think about that. The Fourth Amendment, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue, but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. We are watching that happen right now. What happened at Mar-a-Lago on Monday evening violates almost every single part of this. And that's not the only example this week. Trump ally Representative Scott Perry says the FBI seized his cell phone one day after Mar-a-Lago raid. That's the headline in Fox News. He was traveling with his family and agents accosted him and demanded he turn over his cell phone. He had just filed articles of impeachment against Attorney General Merrick Garland the day before. Actions like these are the actions of a totalitarian security state. These are the situations the Bill of Rights was written to prevent, and we're seeing them every day. And that doesn't even get into any of the data tracking and surveillance, which is also in violation of the Fourth Amendment. The Fifth Amendment. No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia, when in actual service in time of war or public danger. Nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. So there's a lot in there, but we can see them violating this consistently as they are today. Even if they are allowing Donald Trump to plead the fifth, we still have their side arguing that he shouldn't be allowed to, that this declares his guilt. And so let's go through his statement today. Attorney General Letitia James openly campaigned on the policy of get and destroy Trump. This political attack on me, my family and my great company is her despicable attempt to fulfill that cynical and very corrupt promise. James developed a political platform and made a career out of maliciously attacking me and my business before she was even elected or reviewed one of the millions of pages of documents we willingly produced. She proclaimed, I look forward to going into the office of attorney general every day, suing him and then going home. She announced what is fueling my soul right now is Trump and that she had her eyes on Trump Tower. 
She even assured her supporters in an election promise that, quote, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. He's going to know my name personally. And she claimed I was an illegitimate president. In her AG victory speech, she promised to shine a bright light into every dark corner of Trump's real estate holdings. Shortly thereafter, she vowed to, quote, use every area of the law to investigate President Trump and his business transactions and that of his family as well. Letitia James is a failed politician who has intentionally colluded with others to carry out this phony years long crusade that has wasted countless taxpayer dollars, all in an effort to prop up her political career. During her heated rhetoric, she ran for governor of New York State using getting Trump as her primary credential. It didn't work. She got very low poll numbers and ran back into the office of attorney general to continue the persecution of President Donald J. Trump, despite the fact that New York is suffering its worst murder, drug and overall crime rate in many decades. Criminals are running rampant, shooting, slashing and hurting people on the sidewalks of New York, while she and her office spend a big percentage of their time and money on their Trump vendetta. Letitia James openly stated her hostilities toward me and a kind of retribution that is unthinkable. Years of work and tens of millions of dollars have been spent on this long simmering saga and to no avail. James now realizes I built a great company with tremendous value and her case is a scam, which is why for years they haven't been able to file a single charge. What Letitia James has tried to do the last three years is a disgrace to the legal system, an affront to the New York State taxpayers, and a violation of the solemn rights and protections afforded by the United States Constitution. I did nothing wrong, which is why, after five years of looking, the federal, state, and local governments, together with the fake news media, have found nothing. We cannot permit a renegade and out-of-control prosecutor to use this investigation as a means of advancing her political career. New York deserves better, and this country deserves better. This is a vindictive and self-serving fishing expedition, the likes of which our country has never seen before. The United States Constitution exists for this very purpose, and I will utilize it to the fullest extent to defend myself against this malicious attack by this administration, this attorney general's office, and all other attacks on my family, my business, and our country. I once asked, if you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? Now I know the answer to that question. When your family, your company, and all the people in your orbit have become the targets of an unfounded, politically motivated witch hunt supported by lawyers, prosecutors, and the fake news media, you have no choice. If there was any question in my mind, the raid of my home, Mar-a-Lago, on Monday by the FBI, just two days prior to this deposition, wiped out any uncertainty. I have absolutely no choice because the current administration and many prosecutors in this country have lost all moral and ethical bounds of decency. Accordingly, under the advice of my counsel and for all of the above reasons, I declined to answer the questions under the rights and privileges afforded to every citizen under the United States Constitution. Now, why didn't CNN print the rest of that? Trump's exactly right. This is what the Fifth Amendment is for. This is what the Constitution is for. It is to set up the framework for the government and to protect the citizens and their rights against overreach 
from that very same government if people began to corrupt and defy the Constitution, which is exactly what they're doing. The Sixth Amendment. In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law and to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation to be confronted with the witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. All of the stipulations in the Sixth Amendment are being violated regularly. You can probably find examples of each one of them just in the prisoners who remain in D.C. prisons for walking through the Capitol on January 6th, 2021. You can certainly apply part of this to how Steve Bannon was treated in his recent trial. He wasn't able to confront his accusers. The state, the government just took care of all that for them. And he wasn't even allowed to present his argument toward executive privilege, which was what the whole case was initially about. The Seventh Amendment in suits at common law, where the value in controversy shall exceed twenty dollars. The right of trial by jury shall be preserved and no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise reexamined in any court of the United States than according to the rules of common law. And you might argue that this amendment is not being widely violated in practice, but I would say it's being violated in principle. Our most prominent cases in this country, the most prominent trials are often decided in the court of public opinion. And then we know cases where the jurors are being influenced to decide the case in a certain way. And we saw that happen in Derek Chauvin's trial for the murder of George Floyd. The Eighth Amendment says excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. And this is another that I think you can argue more in principle than in practice, but we are well on our way to this. And I'm sure that some of you out there have good examples of this that are just not coming to mind for me right now. The Ninth Amendment, the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. And this basically says that the Bill of Rights and the amendments to the Constitution, what's outlined in the Constitution, are not the only rights that people have. If the Constitution doesn't prohibit it, then those decisions are left to the people. And the Tenth Amendment addresses the same principle for the states. But we are dealing with a government that is attempting to centralize and subsume everything about American society. And the text of the 10th Amendment, the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. And this is coming into play in all sorts of respects. The most clear to me is the fact that the federal government right now is trying to federalize our elections, something that is specifically reserved to the states in the Constitution. And it's also fairly easy to see how the 10th Amendment has been violated for the last 50 years 
by the Roe versus Wade decision. The overturning of that decision restores the power to the states, which is what the 10th Amendment is there to protect. Abortion isn't mentioned in the Constitution. We have a government that is trying to strip all of these rights away or at least violate each and every one with no hesitation whatsoever. We're seeing examples of this almost daily at this point, and I imagine we'll continue to until everyone wakes up and understands exactly what it is they're trying to do. But let's go a little deeper into some of the weirdness with this FBI raid and everything that's going on right now. I talked yesterday about the magistrate judge who signed the warrant. He happens to be a judge who was dealing with the Trump versus Clinton RICO lawsuit. Major coincidence. Donald Trump filed to appeal the dismissal of that case on August 4th. And a day later, this magistrate judge signed the warrant for the raid of Mar-a-Lago. Is all of this actually about a bunch of documents that they're worried about being destroyed, even though Trump's not there? And even though the FBI has already come to check out all these documents before? Doesn't seem so. But here's Cash Patel. But Cash, let's get to the crux of the issue. Is this about, in your estimation, classified materials? No, this is an invasion of our Constitution by government gangsters. And you have Al Capone sitting at the Department of Justice's headquarters uh, talking to his buddy at the White House and Elliot Ness isn't coming around the corner. This is about the continuation of getting Donald Trump to prevent him from being president ever again. They failed during the Russiagate hoax. They failed during impeachment one, impeachment two, Ukraine, Jan 6 and Mueller. They're running out of time on Jan 6. So now what? A, a nighttime or daytime raid of the president's home to see if they can stop him. And I highlight to you, the person pushing this the most is the, is the Clinton campaign and Mark Elias right. by touting a statute that doesn't even apply to the president of the United States. So Cash Patel, who has very intimate knowledge of what's going on in this situation, thinks the document thing is nonsense. And not only that, the section of the U.S. code that Mark Elias was referencing doesn't even apply to the president. And guess how the courts reached that conclusion? It was from Hillary. Here's Bernie Carrick from this morning discussing how the raid went down on War Room. You're an expert in all this. Tell me about the, tell me about the, the raid itself. What struck you as being quite odd, former police commissioner? I think a couple things, uh, Steve. Uh, some of the stuff I've seen uh, and reports I've read what were all the backpacks for on the FBI agents? What were they taking into the compound? Uh, where were the evidence bags that came out? Where's the inventory of the items removed, which they're, they have to put together and they're supposed to provide to the target, the, uh, the target of the search warrant? Um, also, the AG and the FBI mandates that the agents wear body cams. Um, is the footage secure? Uh, you know, I sent a tweet to uh, to Congressman Jordan. Somebody's got to make sure that stuff is preserved. I have a feeling the body cam footage is going to disappear. Um, these are all things that somebody's got to look at when they conduct this investigation um, going forward. These are things that somebody has to look at. So it sounds like every part of this raid was done in an extra legal manner. 
What's the necessity for the guns? What's the necessity for the backpacks? Did they bring anything in? Is there body cam footage? Will we see the warrant? Was the warrant properly executed? It seems like the FBI is not going to be supplying good answers for any of that. But now Newsweek is reporting this. This is the headline. An informer told the FBI what docs Trump was hiding and where. The raid on Mar-a-Lago was based largely on information from an FBI confidential human source, one who was able to identify what classified documents former President Trump was still hiding and even the location of those documents Two senior government officials told Newsweek. Oh, so it's just about documents and you know exactly where they are because of this confidential human source. Why'd it take nine hours to get them? The officials who have direct knowledge of the FBI's deliberations and were granted anonymity in order to discuss sensitive matters said the raid of Donald Trump's Florida residence was deliberately timed to occur when the former president was away. Well, what kind of informant or informer would have direct knowledge of the FBI's deliberations? That sounds like a leak from the FBI or from someone in the Justice Department. And that would be a pattern we have seen over and over and over again. Leaks out to the media trying to substantiate what the corrupt agencies are doing. FBI decision makers in Washington and Miami thought that denying the former president a photo opportunity or a platform from which to grandstand or to attempt to thwart the raid would lower the profile of the event, says one of the sources, a senior Justice Department official who is a 30 year veteran of the FBI. The effort to keep the raid low key failed. Instead, it prompted a furious response from GOP leaders and Trump supporters. What a spectacular backfire, says the justice official. I know there is much speculation out there that this is a political persecution, but it is really the best and the worst of the bureaucracy in action, the official says. They wanted to punctuate the fact that this was a routine law enforcement action stripped of any political overtones, and yet they got exactly the opposite. Well, we might take from this that the intent was exactly the opposite, and they're just upset with how the media was able to sell the country on this ridiculous narrative. That is a direct indication that the media no longer holds the sway they once held over the ability to disseminate the narrative and have it be convincing. It's not convincing at all. No one believes them. No one. Even the communists who were going crazy about this on Monday have moved on because they don't want to keep talking about that story. There's no information underneath it to support what they're saying. The only argument they have is that Trump is guilty. Trump is guilty. His supporters are guilty. His supporters are guilty. It's only political. And to prop up the political aspect and make it seem less political, make it seem like they're really doing the people's business. Well, then they employ the hate movement and they turn the volume up on the hate. They make the child brains crazier and crazier and more paranoid and more likely to lash out. And that's exactly what they want because they want their actions to seem justified and to seem moral. They need someone on their side arguing for it. The way to do that is create as much hate as possible and make it so that no one feels comfortable in telling any of these communists they're wrong. And let's check in with the great Mike Davis from the Article 3 Project. This is also from this morning on War Room. But give me your assessment of this raid, sir. Uh, this raid was completely unnecessary. 
and likely unlawful. When you do a raid, you have to, uh, that, that's a last resort when you're going in, especially a home raid, especially a home raid of a former president. This is unprecedented. What you do when you, when you have a records dispute with a former president and the National Archives is you negotiate. And if it can't get resolved through negotiation, maybe you alert Congress. Maybe you go to a court and file a civil lawsuit. Maybe you do a subpoena, but to go right to a home raid of a former president is uh, beyond the pale. It crosses the red line. This is part of a bigger pattern by this Biden Justice Department to to take out Trump. So he cannot be a rival to President Biden in 2024. Mike, hang on a second. We know from what the attorneys are saying that they've been in constant communication. They thought they were in compliance. They they told them to put a bolt on the door. They they were going back and forth and supposedly fully engaged according to what we know from Trump's lawyers. So how could, just walk people then through what the steps would be before you would go thermonuclear with a home raid of a former president of these United States, sir. Well, you wouldn't unless they're dead bodies in Mar-a-Lago. So let, let's just put that out there uh, right out front. But what you would do is, is you would have the general counsel of the National Archives work with the office of former President Trump. He has staff that's provided by the federal government. They have security clearances. They have office space. They have secure facilities called SCIFs for classified materials. It is routine for a president to leave the White House with boxes. Uh, it, he didn't. President Trump didn't pack his own boxes. Someone packed his boxes for him. And sometimes, you know, it, they overclassify everything in the government. And the National Archives thinks that everything is a presidential record and they're entitled to everything. So that's what Trump is up against. And so he leaves. There are these boxes, these 15 boxes. National Archives works with President Trump's office to figure out what's a a presidential record, what's not. And then if it's a presidential record, it either goes it goes to the archives or it goes. So get Trump week continues. It seems like they weren't looking for these documents seems pretty clear that this wasn't handled in any normal lawful way. And it seems like that fact might make it really hard to use whatever they may have gotten at Mar-a-Lago against Trump in any legal way. But that doesn't mean they won't try. Trump's own lawyer, Alina Haba, said, I believe yesterday that she's worried they might have taken something in and planted some sort of evidence. And no one is in a position to put that past the FBI at this point. But the child brains do and they defend it. They think, oh, this is right. This is what has to happen. No president should be able to just take documents with him. Well, yesterday, the New York Post reported in an article with the headline FBI raid exposes Washington's secrecy shams that prior presidents have done this in far more important ways. Obama White House lawyers repeatedly invoked the Presidential Records Act to, quote, delay the release of thousands of pages of records from Bill Clinton's White House, Politico reported. At the end of his presidency, Barack Obama trucked 30 million pages of his administration's records to Chicago, promising to digitize them and eventually put them online a move that outraged historians. More than five years after Obama's presidency ended, the National Archives webpage reveals that zero pages have been digitized and disclosed. So where is the FBI on that? And why does nobody care that the FBI doesn't apply the law, doesn't apply the law fairly? 
and then has no accountability whatsoever. You heard how Lindsey Graham reacted. Mitch McConnell wouldn't even take questions on the subject. Why won't they stand up to the FBI? What is it about the FBI that has them all so scared? They cannot speak out about the FBI. This raid is clearly a violation. It's clearly a weaponization of the justice system. Isn't that a problem? The Republicans can't even say anything. Andrew Yang said something. You almost get the sense that the FBI is exactly like the FBI was before, where they would just get compromising material on all sorts of citizens in prominent positions and then use that compromising material to influence their actions. Is the FBI still doing that? You have to think they are. And we've seen that they've done it for years now to Donald Trump. The question becomes, who won't the FBI violate? And you might say, well, they won't violate the global communists. Potentially, what happens when those global communists stop being useful? Is the FBI responsible for the operation of the compromise regime that has so many of our politicians doing whatever they're told by whomever is the person who gets to tell them to do things. That really seems to be the case. Whenever the Justice Department or the FBI goes to a hearing in the House or the Senate, they never answer any questions that could put the agency at risk. They're not accountable to anyone. The amount of power the FBI has been given is insane. And if I was to guess, I would imagine we will see more and more examples of this over the coming days and weeks and months as we lead up to these midterms. Everyone who's threatened with losing their grip on power is going to exercise it in any way they can for the next three months. And we all better have our eyes on it. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!